Oh my goodness. All right, here we go. We are live. It's your girl, Lisa Denae, and we are live with a very special guest tonight. Uh, we have had a little bit of technical difficulties. So I'm <laughs> hoping that this is working and that we are actually live now. And uh, we'll see here in just a moment. So, hey, Keisha Nicole. Hey, how are you? Thank you for having me. I am so, so honored and humbled to be here. I always um, just take it. It always humbles me when someone wants to hear what I have to say. Like who wants to hear the crazy lady with the, well, blue hair this month <laughs> and green lips. Well, so. I mean, I, I always love uh, hearing what you have to say. You always have something really uh, insightful to say. Um, so I wanted to start out just asking you a little bit about how have you been doing in the midst of this pandemic, COVID-19, coronavirus? Well, I personally have been doing well. Um, this has been an awesome, awesome time of productivity and um, flourishing. Um, at the beginning of the year, like you were saying earlier, uh, behind the scenes when we were talking, that the year didn't start off like so, so great. Right. You know what I mean? It, it didn't start off so, I'm not gonna lie, it didn't. I mean, I was coming into it with the, with the vision, you know what I mean? Knowing that God was gonna do something and having my faith and still working, you know, the plan and, and doing everything. But it, it didn't start off the way, I, you know, I thought it was gonna start off with a bang, I ain't gonna lie. And yeah. um, it was funny that things didn't even start turning around until lockdown. That's the truth for really? me. That is so true. Yeah. Yeah. Things really started to pick up, ironically, you know, which just shows you how the, the wonders of God, you know what I'm saying? How he can move in spite of no matter what's going on. So this has been a great time, um, just like a, a, a period of sit down, even for my family, of reconnection, mm -hmm. healing, deliverance, um, him telling me to cut certain people off, like a real cutting season for me. Yeah. Um, I had people that I had to drop and cut off. Um, it was a time just to take, be able to take more time and play games with the kids, you know, get back to some of the basic things that we did when they were a little bit younger. Like my youngest one is 11 now. So everybody, you know, is older, 16, 18, 22, 24, working, you know, kind of like got right. their own lives. So we've been able to, um, even, although my husband lost the job and everything, God has still provided no matter what. So we've been able to take time and, you know, bond with the kids a little bit differently now that both parents are home because they haven't yeah. had that. You know, mom is the one that's always been home and whatnot. And um, even just me and my husband. Now he's an entrepreneur. So I'm teaching him, you know, all the little entrepreneurial things, even though he's been with me at, on my right. journey. Years, it's a little bit different when it's you in a hot seat, and that's you know that's what he's even told me. So it's it's just been a great time. It's been a really I've been busier in this season than I feel like all last year when we, we when you could actually you know get in the car and go out. So it's been a right. great time for me and my family. It really has. Yeah, I, I can agree. It has really been good for me as well. Um, but I will say that I want to mention that you know our county harris county is off the hook right now it is out of control I heard now a total of fifty-one thousand total cases that's a lot of people and over 500 deaths that is a lot of people and right. people still don't want to wear their masks people still don't want to social distance that is it's very and you know what i i am um now i'm not a pro mask person but i'm also in quarantine in my house 
to be very, very honest. There has been no nail shop. There has been no, you know, God told me in your house, unless you have to go to the grocery store. So me and my husband do our once a week trip, usually on Friday or early Saturday morning. We get in, we get out. We have our list, we get in, we get out. And I do comply and wear a mask when I'm out there. But I am very confused um, at the amount of birthday celebrations I'm seeing. And it's not a judgment. I'm just confused. I'm just really confused. The family barbecues, the the family get-togethers, as if your family member cannot get sick and give it to you. I'm like your family and your close friends are exempt from having COVID or being asymptomatic and passing it on. I'm just confused about that. Really. I'm confused about it. Yeah, I think it should be a lesson in patience for us all that we have all these means. We have more means to communicate now than we ever have in our lives. And still people want to see each other in person. It has to be some form of patience and some form of sacrifice to know that we all want to be healthy. We all want to be safe and right. we want to just get through this pandemic and get on with our lives. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I encourage everybody now. I'm okay with wearing a mask. I'm, I'm not really, I'm not a person that like people around me anyway. Before the pandemic, I was already social. <laughs> right, right. I don't like people close to me anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm cool with wearing a mask and I'm definitely cool with other people wearing it around me. Right. I really need that to happen. <laughs> but yeah. in the distance, I love the distance. Now I have went to a restaurant a couple times and there was nobody else there and I loved it. That used to. <laughs> I like that part. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I want to get a little bit into our interview, a little bit about who you are and what you do. So for those who don't know you, introduce yourself and tell tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, okay. You know what? This is always a struggle because I always feel like what I do is never about me. So I hate uh-huh. even talking about myself, you know? Um, so on the creative side, I'm an embellisher. I've been doing that for 10 years. Um, I started in Atlanta or whatever, something that I did, you know, being a stay-at-home mom, trying to keep myself busy. And mm-hmm. my daughter um, encouraged me to start selling. I started out with little jewelry boxes and my daughter encouraged me to start selling them. So that's how that, how that business um, kind of got started. And then when I moved here, um, God took me on a really strange path through uh, ministry. <laughs> um, started me out um, doing strip club ministry, really okay. going to club once once a month on Friday night and we would visit three clubs. I started out with a, a different uh, ministry, which I was the only black person or black woman in the ministry, um, which it was fine. It was cool or whatever. You know, it was, it was something different for me, but I, I knew that God had me doing it. So I'm like, okay, Lord, like, let me, you know, see what this is about. And so from there, it went on to doing street ministry and getting into like the sex trafficking world and strippers and um, prostitutes. So that's wow. kind of, yeah, that's how he started me out in, um, in ministry. And although I've grown up in the church, I veered from the church, like when I was around 17, um, had some church hurt. And then I, I also, churches just operate real weird to me. Yes. Um, I'm a person about like, about the people, you know, about kingdom. I'm not about being in bondage and religion and having all these r- ridiculous rules and stuff because God never told me any of those rules. So in my mm-hmm. mind, he ain't tell me it's not real. You okay. know what I'm saying? No church gonna run me like that. 
Um, you know, so that's how he kind of got me into ministry. And then he was able to take the ministry side and the creative side and show me how to kind of make it mint blend. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I am with that right now, as far as my business and my nonprofit, well, my two businesses and my nonprofit. Yeah. So then I end up becoming a mental health uh, peer specialist, a uh, recovery support specialist, a, and a Christian counselor. And also I'm going to training right now to be a peer supervisor so I can supervise others to get their um, certifications and their credentials from the state of Texas. So wow, that's awesome. Yes. It's amazing uh, what you say about strip club ministry. I had never heard that before, but I can say that I always thought about it because in my mind, if all the women just decide not to strip, the strip clubs close. Right. You, we are as women. We are. I mean, objectified more than anybody. We are, you know, demeaned on such a regular basis. If women decide this is not going to happen to me anymore, so we hold the power. But so many of us don't know that. So I have always Mm -hmm. wondered what it would be like to go into a strip club, not to preach to them, but just show love. Just say, look, um, I just want you to know that somebody love you. I just want you to know they're regular people. They're regular people. Just those ladies have kids. Some of them had grandchildren. You know, Um, not that anyone necessarily was old, but you know, teen parent. I was a teen parent, and then it's a cycle or whatever. So some of them have grandchildren. Some of them are taking care of their whole families. Some, um, Some of them were in school paying for school like they had uh, brains you know I'm like oh my goodness so yeah it was no judgment or anything and I think for me my appearance probably helped me out a lot because I didn't look like everybody else you know what I'm saying and everybody else was white and so it's like, like, what are these white ladies doing in a black strip club you know right? what I'm saying so I was the only person that you know resembled them and then I just come in with the crazy makeup and, you know, the colorful this and, and the rhinestones and everything. And, you know, they're just like, she's one of us, you know, and I would begin to connect with them um, really a lot of times through their makeup and stuff that because I was learning how to do makeup at that time. So it, that was a great connection. That was like a great tool that God gave me. I'd be like, oh, well, what um, concealer are you using or, yeah. you know, what? do you have and then we start talking about our kids and they're like oh do you want to see pictures you know this and the other so like we became friends you know even one club that I was going into the house mom I went to her baby shower wow at her home yeah and I went to her daughter's um me and my husband went to her daughter's first birthday party at her new house when she moved you know so um they're regular people they're regular people nobody has the right to judge them they haven't done anything horrible than we had if god can forgive us and and heal us and deliver us and take us back into the fold you know he'll do the same for them just like he'll do the same for anybody absolutely and at least they getting paid for some of the shenanigans they're doing Uh, (laughs) doing it for free and i feel like a lot of them know that they have this power they know that they have this power they know that they have these skills but sometimes you just need someone else to kind of help you direct that energy into, you know, something that's better that could work for you, for you and your family. Because I found that most of them didn't want to even do that. But yeah. life circumstances kind of got them there. You know what I'm saying? Right. And right. hopefully 
there were times in my life, not that I ever really thought about stripping, but I, when looking back, I can think of times where I could have been thinking about, you know what I'm saying, stripping when I had to get some pampers or some milk or, or food or pay a bill or something like that. So none right. of us, are, you know, we're all, what, six inches from probably stepping in the club doing it ourselves. Like, let's be real here. And some yeah. of them are out some of them out here doing the same thing and they ain't getting a dime for it. So, I mean, exactly. you know. Yeah, that's why we can't judge. I know that I've been in positions where I wouldn't have stripped, but I sure would have put a pistol in somebody's face. <laughs> you know, right. Or been in the car with somebody who was doing it, like, yeah, we about to sprint this snack. You know what I'm saying? I got yeah, you know, I probably yeah. been the one doing it, but yeah. either way it's wrong, it's, it's you know, but yeah. sometimes life puts your back against the wall and you do what you gotta do. It is very, very true. And sometimes people don't know another way. Like you can't yeah. expect people to do something different if they don't know about the different, if they haven't right. been exposed to the different. You know what I'm saying? I, I think a lot of people would make better choices like if they knew. Hell, I know I would have. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Looking absolutely. at something like, dang, if I knew 10 years ago, even half of, you know, what God has taught me and shown me now, I'm like, man, I'd have been a bad man at 31. Yeah. <laughs> She would have been on it, okay? But, you know, it didn't work out like that. So, you know, you go through whatever you go through to get on the other side and to do to do better, to make better choices and to go right. back and help somebody else, but to help them in love, not in right. judgment, not going in there like, oh, girl, why are you stripping? Why are you doing this? Why are you on the street? You know, no, no, right. that's a You know what I'm saying? Nobody don't want to hear that. You think they don't know what they're involved in? You think they don't know? They already know that. They don't need right. nobody coming telling them that. You know what I'm saying? If you want to tell them anything, educate them on how they can use those skills to be a car salesman or something. Because I think they're some of the best salespeople, if you ask me. Exactly. And show them love. Show them love. I mean, that's right. that's what we're really supposed to do. If we're followers of Christ or followers of God, we're supposed exactly. to show love more than judgment. So that leads me to my our next topic, which I cannot wait to get into because this has been something that has been really uh, near and dear to me. Um, it mm. is the topic of unresolved trauma. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, I noticed that you had been talking about it on your show. Yeah. And I said, oh, my God, I have got to get with her so that we can talk about this, because I don't think people understand trauma, the experience of trauma. It has been uh, scientifically known to change your DNA. It can yeah. literally biologically, biologically yeah. change you as a person. Yeah. Change your psychologically. So yeah. we have, um, as a black community, a lot of our people have experienced trauma, and most of us have generational trauma that we not even know, we don't right. even know where it came from. Mm -hmm. so talk to us a little bit about your experience with unresolved trauma. Oh my goodness, my own trauma, um, my own unresolved trauma, stuff that I didn't, stuff I didn't know really what it was. Mm -hmm. And stuff I didn't want to deal with because I honestly I just wanted to be mad at some stuff. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? I just wanted to be pissed off at that person. It ended up turning me into a person that by 2007, yeah, by 2007 when I lived in Atlanta, um, I didn't even want to look at myself in the mirror. Mm. 
Yeah, that unresolved trauma got me like that. It got me to the point where I got in the mirror one day and I was just like, why are you so mean to everybody? Like, what what happened to you? What's wrong with you? Like, why are you so nasty? Why do you get so much joy out of cursing somebody out? You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, our, our tongue can definitely be a weapon. And for some of us, it's like a high-powered um, battle axe. You know, yes, I'm one of those yes. people with my tongue. It, my mm-hmm. tongue will hurt me more than, you know, physical stuff. But it got me in the mirror to really start to self-examine myself. You know, yeah. I started to exhibit behaviors um, from what I from what I learned at home growing up that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was like, girl, if these kids come out messed up, it's, it's going to be your fault. The way you talk yeah. to them, the way you yelling all the time. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how my mom did us. You know, just as it was like, do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. And I never wanted that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you always... Like, oh my God, I'm not going to do this with my kids because this was terrible. I'm not going to say this. I'm not. But then your unresolved trauma leads you down that path when you just start mimicking every doggone thing that you've learned and you don't add some little new new school stuff onto it. You know what I'm saying? So it got to a point where I didn't even want to look at myself in the mirror. (laughs) You know, colored hair. And you know, I love my colors, but I didn't want to look at Kiko because she was not uh, she was not a pretty person. Let me put it like that. And I can just be honest about it. She wasn't pretty. I didn't like the way I even talked to my husband. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I had, I was rude. I was nasty. I didn't have respect, you know, mm-hmm. for, for the man in the house or whatever. And that's because that's what I saw growing up. Right. And that's you know? because of the things you experienced that traumatized you. Right. And I exactly. think that what we're hearing you describe is not unusual. I was like that. And then we can look in our own lives in our own circle. And we see people that's like that now. Now. Exactly. <laughs> Can't go anywhere in public without cussing at least one person out. Right. You know, for me, my trauma started so early in life to the point where I just thought I was mean. I thought I was just a mean person. So I knew that I was nice to my friends and family. But if anybody crossed me and I mean any little cross, Mm -hmm. I'm ready to kill them. Right. (laughs) I'm ready to actually commit a homicide. That's right. how bad I was. I was horrible. And mm-hmm. I knew that there was something wrong because, you know, I would get in these fights at school and I'm telling you, I'm trying to take their head off. It ain't right. no negotiation, ain't no arguing back and forth. It's just, I'm trying to go for your throat. And yes. Yeah. Wrong, I had to, do, you know, try to determine what was wrong. And I got a lot of things of people saying, oh, you just like your it's a bad temper, Mm -hmm. you know, hot-headed, you know, she just quick-tempered, but it wasn't that. It was a lot of trauma I experienced as a child, and sometimes in Black families, one thing I can say for myself as a Black family is people did not want to talk about child abuse, and in some situations, I was abused as a child. I was just let out abused. Mm-hmm. It, wasn't like a, it wasn't like a she got a whooping. No, it was flat out abuse. And that type of thing traumatized me. Yeah, of course. Yes. And I think so. Some people are even born into trauma. Yeah. You understand? It's like you're just born. I know, like for myself, um, not I am I am one of those people. I have really have to watch myself when it comes to my emotions and my feelings because 
I don't have that connection with my mother nor my biological father. I don't have that, that like, you know, that solid connection that little babies and little children like really bond with their children. You know, if you even go back to when you had your kids and they're little babies and you're like holding them and, you know, rubbing on them and and, like they're, um, I had one child that we, his nickname was Sticky because he stuck to me everywhere I went in the house, you know, uh, wow. you know, he anything different. So his nickname is Sticky. So I didn't have that with, I, I didn't even meet my biological father. So I was like 13 or 14 years old. Wow. Nobody told me anything about him. I knew his name and I knew some of the family members on that side because they lived down the street from my grandmother. So these people had the same Gatlin last name than me. Everybody in my house have, you know, a different last name. So that was traumatic. You know what I'm saying? I then I didn't even know that my sister's father wasn't even my real father until, you know, I, I was like six years old or whatever. You know, that was traumatic because now I feel like I don't belong. I always felt like I didn't belong anyway because I didn't have those real connections with my parents. But right. now I have, I'm the only one in the house with a different last name. Now I really feel like I don't belong. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I do. I, I, amazingly enough, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and then you treat it differently. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My mother did treat me differently. You know, and people try to excuse that or make things. And I don't know if it's because of necessarily because of the relationship she had. Like, I don't even know how. I, I don't even know my parents' story to know how Nicole got to be here. And wow. I'm 40. You know what I'm saying? Right now, I don't care. But that bothered me for a very long time because it felt like I didn't belong to anybody. Yeah, like, I didn't to nobody. You know, I felt like I had, like I was a freaking orphan living in the same house with my with my mom with my mother, her my, my stepfather, and then my my two sisters. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm the only one that's different. I had this outside family and stuff. I see them when I go to school. I, I never was really allowed to go to their homes and really get to know my family. And I'm and I'm living down the street from them. You know wow. what I'm saying? You know how traumatic and crazy that is. To want to know, to want to know your family, and to want to be with your cousins and stuff, but nobody on your mother's side is even like really pushing for that. No one's saying anything. Mom, nobody talked to me about my dad. Nobody really talked to me about my family. My grandmother always just told me, who's my mother's mother. She just always told me that no matter what, I want you to always know that that, that, that those people loved you. Like that's all I ever knew. She always told me that. I don't care what happened. I want you to know that they loved you, that they loved you. That you... So I'm like, okay, but I don't really know what that means because I don't really know, you know, the story. Right. So yeah, being born into trauma and then being re-traumatized over and over and over again going throughout the years and then learning those bad behaviors where now I'm putting trauma on myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To the point where I'm pregnant at 16 with a baby. Well, you know, what happens is you go through all these things. And like you said, you become traumatized over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then to cope with trauma, you pick up other behaviors just to cope. It's a coping yes. mechanism, whether yes. it's getting to relationships too young or whether it's uh, using substances. Well, there, whatever it is, people do try to cope. Yes. You know, and- you just do what you do to cope. Yeah. And you and you make up these defense me- mechanisms. You know, I didn't I don't like I didn't like people touching me, getting close to me and whatnot. Like I didn't want people to you know, I had my invisible barrier. And if you yeah. got two 
that barrier, you know what I'm saying? Then the alarm yeah. in my mind goes off and I'm like, whoa, you got to back up because you're just getting too doggone close. Yeah. Because in my mind, the two people that brought me into this world did not care enough about me to take care of me. So why would y'all care about me? Yeah. So now, now, no, now I feel like nobody cares. So now I don't want none of y'all near me. Period. Point blank. All y'all stand back ten feet. You know what I'm saying? Because, because again, the two yeah. people that are supposed to love you the most, that's supposed to protect you the most and care about you the most. In my mind, they don't even care about me because my dad's not here. I don't really feel like he's fighting to be here. In my mind, you know what I'm saying? As, as right. a, a teenager thinking, and then my mom talks to me like crap and treats yeah. me like. I mean, to the point where one time she told me when I was 15, she was going to poison me and kill me. And she wasn't playing. Wow. And that was the day I stopped eating food in her house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, and if, 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 if in, your, in the kid's mind, if your parents don't care about you, if your yeah. parents don't love you, yeah, the two people that's supposed to be, especially your mother, man. Like, if your mom, like, everybody knows. I'm sorry, but I feel like everybody always, I don't want to say we lo you love your mom more than you love your dad, but, mom, like, real moms can't be replaced. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, real, yeah, a real mother cannot be replaced. I don't care how much money she got, how much money she don't have. But also, but you, a bad mother can do more damage than, than a, a bad father. Yes. A grandmother can do years and years and years of damage. Hey, and I'm, li I'm living and proof. You know, and, and I am too. And although my mother is my Facebook friend, we do not talk. We haven't talked in probably 10 years because we are estranged. But I allow her to be a Facebook friend. But at the same time, she knows that I have a show. She knows that I talk about my life. And I don't sugarcoat nothing because I don't have to lie about what happened to me. I don't have to lie about the way I was treated. I was abused as a child. It right. Just the end of the case closed. I was right. abused. And then at the same time, I felt like you did. If my parents do not protect me, if my parents, then who am I? Who going to protect me? You then learned at an early age. Yeah. yeah. You learned at an early age that you on your own. That's you right. I was so traumatized as a kid that I didn't even, and I was laughing about this with my son. I didn't trust nobody. And when I say nobody, I was looking at my teachers crazy. If they ever try to touch me, even just give me my paper, put it down on the desk. That's how bad I was. Right. I was so bad that when we used to get the cereal at home, the cereal box, I would tell my little brother, ain't no prize in there. He says, it says it's a prize on the inside. I said, you can't trust nothing. You really think there's a prize in that box? And he used right. to look at me like, something wrong with you. <laughs> something is wrong with you. I didn't trust anything. Yeah. Anything that was told to me, I, I had no faith in it. Yeah, it makes you suspicious of everything and everybody that comes along. And sometimes people, there are some people who don't even have no ill will. You know what I'm saying? Told you, but you put that on that person because of your own trauma, your own crap, and your own experiences. Um, that you that you've been through, and then not to mention the secrets that black families keep. I can only talk about black families because I'm I've been in a black family. I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah, but we keep a lot of secrets, and yeah. I'm like, yo, secrets will kill you. They will you know literally cause you high blood pressure. They will literally freaking kill you. Are you crazy to not? Yes. For your um your ancestors, you're not you're not even your ancestors, but like your grandmother and your mother and your aunties, not to explain to you or tell you or share their experiences 
so that you can, even if we're going to make some pitfalls, but I feel like some, some pitfalls we don't have to make if the elders would have had the, the guts. I call it yeah. the guts. In my mind, they were weak. I'm sorry. Yeah. Some of them, yes. A lot of them were very, very, very weak and yeah. did not even, you know, didn't keep it 100 and didn't tell or whatever for whatever reason. And I'm not going to go back and t- talk about this slate, you know, and I know that that has an effect on some, but at some point, somebody's got to break the cycle right. and say, hey, I want better for the family. I want better for the lineage. I want better for those um, coming after. And for in my family, it was me because everybody else decided that they want to, and they're still keeping, you know, still wanting to be fake and phony and keep that. So like you, I had everybody as a Facebook friends and stuff. They're not happy that I speak out and say what I say, which I do not care. I just cut them off. Everybody's deleted and blocked at this point because anyway, the Lord told me I had to cut them off that they couldn't go, you know, to the next level or whatever. And let's talk about that too because some people say, oh, and Tanya says weak or programmed. Both. That's the question. Both, maybe. Yeah. Both. yeah. Because let me say for some people it wasn't programmed because I see I, I I have seen my, my grandmother go off on people and I've heard stories about she has take people head and bust them upside her brick house and stuff like that so no, I'm not going on no program if you can be strong in that area then you can be strong for your family you know what I'm saying so no 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 I, but some I people too, a lot of it is trauma that they experienced so they kind of checked out so now you allowing that trauma to pass down to your kids and to your kids because you didn't resolve the trauma that you experienced and that's why we're called, I'm saying unresolved, because everybody experienced some type of trauma. We came from slavery. So, of course, we got some trauma. But I think that when you don't resolve it, that's when it just is a, it's a vicious cycle. It goes into your children's lives, their children's lives, anybody they become attached to, anybody you become attached to. That's a problem. And it's, that's it's a huge we, problem. That's where we have to learn to resolve it. But I agree with you. First, you got to see it what it is and not keep it a secret you can't hide it you can't that's not going to help so yes tanya right generational trauma yes mm-hmm. I want to a little bit about what you said about secrets because mm-hmm. i think that you know i'm, I'm just going to give my opinion on this this is just my opinion mm-hmm. i believe that sometimes our religion gets in the way of us getting free because folks will say, well, you know, I repented for that. I didn't got saved. I understand you don't got saved, but we need to talk about what you did. Well, well you know what happened. Since you bring up religion, that's why I'm always telling people there's a difference between religion and relationship. Yes. Okay. There's a difference. Now, yeah, religion, bondage will keep you in bondage. Yeah. But when you have a relationship with the father, then you know he does not want you holding no secret, period, point hey. blank. Will straight up tell you that okay but when you're in religion and you got all these rules and all this other foolishness that the lord ain't never sat down and told nobody nothing about it's some crap that you and your pastor then came up with or you right. and the usher then yeah that's that's what you have so yeah you have a lot of people too that's called religion because even looking back at how my my grandmother could not mind her business and had the nerve to make sure that me and my sisters went to church and stuff when I look back on it, I'm going to keep it 100. I don't believe my grandmother had a relationship with God. Yeah, I don't. Now, she did introduce me to him. I feel like she introduced me to him with as much knowledge about him as she knew. But the mm-hmm. way she operated in her life, that does, that does not show me or depict to me a relationship. You understand right. what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Relationship. It shows me religion. Okay. 
And that was something I definitely did not want from her. I'm just going to keep it a buck. That's what it was, yeah. period. So right. there's a difference in that. It's a huge difference. And that's why I make a point of saying religion because I'm right. a very spiritual person, but I'm not religious at all. I don't exactly. believe in these rituals that end in nothingness. So you do all these rituals year after year after year, but there's no growth, there's no healing, and right. everybody just as bound as they can be. Exactly. It gets in the way because to me, when you have wronged somebody, when you're in a right relationship with God, you want to go make that right. Exactly. You want to get that right. You're not Girl, covering it up. You so bad because you be like, hey, God gonna get me if I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like if I don't, I'm gonna lose my next blessing. Like that's stuff I be really thinking about. Like you know what I'm saying? He might not do something for my kids or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Those are the things that I think about even when I know I'm in in, in the wrong. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't think people think about that when they're in religion. I don't know. Relationship just makes you wanna. It makes you want to be right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I feel yeah. like it makes you want to do right. It makes you want to be the best person. Um, it makes you because you really start to take on like the mind of of Christ and, and the mind of God. Like God, he's he's an open minded God within his parameters. You understand what I'm saying? And right. they're not like they're not like prison bar parameters. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta wear pants on this day or a skirt on this and red on this day. Like what? What are you talking about? Like that's foolishness, man. Right. That's that's not of God. Period. Point blank. He has never even treated me like that, and I don't believe he treats other people like that. No. Well, how can so, a God that created all humanity even give care, give any type of care to minutia like what color you wear? That's ridiculous. Right. Because some people in other countries wear all type of colors. They wear all type of color hair, all type of makeup. That means right. they don't know God. It's ridiculous. Right. It's absolutely exactly. ridiculous. I've always had a problem with that because when you when you lose the foundation of what God is about, God is love. So mm -hmm. if you have all these secrets in your family and right. you, especially when you have a family member like you or a family member like me who trying to get it right and say, let's, let's, let's bring some healing to this. Let's resolve these things. And then you want to just keep putting up these secrets. You definitely don't know God. You can't. Exactly. And that's why, I've, that's why I said, I feel like people in my family were religious like they okay. went to church every sunday but what did you go to church for right what did you go to church for when y'all can't even say um i'm sorry to each other or yeah. apologize. Like, what, 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 why are you why are you going to sunday sunday school morning service and then going back for afternoon service at four o'clock but you can't even apologize to your sister that you wronged in your family like i'd be so confused i, yeah. I would even with the people even with the racial stuff you know what? Rightfully so. We deserve to be heard. We deserve to be seen. We deserve to have all our rights. But so does the person in your family that gets treated like crap that all of y'all know about. But yeah. y'all, but you on the street rallying for the whole nation, but you won't rally for the person in your family? Are you kidding? Exactly. Come on yeah. now. Seriously. No, it pisses me off. Seriously. Yes. Because I think in my own family. Like y'all won't yes. call out that you know is wrong because yes for a lot of families let's keep it real now a lot of times we have like that one drunk uncle yes. and then you had that one pedophile uncle or cousin then you have the one uh auntie or cousin in the family who always doing people wrong you know with on some money stuff or something like that you know and i'm not i'm not trying to say like that that's everybody but just over 
overall, we can all name that one person who fits whatever characteristic, but nobody's right. not going to say nothing to this person. Nobody's right. not going to stand up to this person and say, yo, you wrong. You wrong yeah. for that. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, but you have the nerve to go to church on Sunday and sing in the choir and lead the song. Girl, bye. Get out of here with that. <laughs> exactly. That is the problem that I had as a young adult when I became an adult because there was a lot of pedophiles in my family. And they know I call them like they are. Don't come to me. Don't come around me because you're going to get called out. So it was a lot of pedophiles in my family. And my problem with them was the fact that if y'all know your brother, your cousin, your uncle, is out here doing this, why you let generation after generation get victimized by this person? Now, he done molested the mother and the daughter. Now, what, what kind of sense is that? Especially if the mother got molested by him and then you take your daughters over there, you know he a pedophile. It doesn't make any sense. It's just trauma after trauma and it's senseless trauma at that point. I don't, you know what, I, I don't, I'm not trying to judge anybody, but that's something I will never understand. I will never understand how one, two, or three, or who, however many people allow kids in the family to be touched by uncle so-and-so, or let's not forget auntie so-and-so. Come on, yes. By auntie so-and-so, and nobody bars this person from their family. Yeah. The devil, the devil is a lie. I wish somebody would touch one of these kids and I know about it, okay? Because everybody going to know that you touched that child. I'm sorry. I'm going to yeah. put it out there and I'm going to make you feel so embarrassed and bad about yourself that you're going to want you're going to want to have to go back and apologize. That's not something I would keep under the rug. You have I I have never been touched, but I can only imagine. I can only imagine the mental and emotional trauma and stress that a child will go through over some crap like that. You can mess somebody's mind up so they don't even know about their sexuality and stuff like that. Like, how dare you? It's very traumatic. I can definitely be a witness to the fact that it is extremely traumatic. It takes a lot of years to get through and to overcome. It takes a lot of work on yourself. And believe it or not, it's a lot of women out here and men who are yes. struggling to this day because somebody touched them and nobody said nothing and that person still walking around that person still living and that person have not been held accountable for what they did to them that is under unresolved trauma that's it right there i mean so what would you say is a way that people can some of the, the symptoms and some of the signs that you are suffering from some trauma that you are you have to resolve Oh my goodness. Um, well shoot, I can start it with some of mine. Bad attitude. Always getting into it with somebody. Mean and nasty. Angry about every dog. Like every time you 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 know you have that family member that's just angry all the time. Yes. Attitude all the time. You know what I'm saying? It's like yes. what happened, girl? Why are you so angry? Why are you so upset? Um, people pleasing. Yes. And people pleasing, you know, you have those people that uh, want to please everybody. Um, always feeling like they want to fit in, you know, the need to be able to fit in, um, overspending, overeating. Like there's so many people just um, exhibit it and manifest. That's the word I want to use. That trauma will manifest in so many different ways. It, it's, oh my gosh. Um, what else? Uh, what I said, overspending, overeating. Um, like bad and just it manifests in so many different ways and i always tell people like you have to um 
really sit down and start to do a self-assessment. Like you yeah. have to be uh, as attention seekers. Yes, attention seekers as well. But you really have to start doing um, a self-assessment of yourself. And that's one thing I think that we don't do enough. We don't watch ourselves. Right. That, that's good. And I started to watch myself and I started to watch myself in 2007 because I became a youth mentor. Mm, you know okay. what I'm saying? So now, when you're a mentor, you have to start exhibiting some things that people will want to follow. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? I didn't feel like I was exhibiting those things, you know? So I had to start, to, that's when I got in that mirror and started looking at myself and really started to get real with myself. That's the other thing. You got to be real about who you are with yourself though. Like right. you got to call a thing a thing. You have to call a spade a spade. You can't be, oh, well, I'm just, no, you nasty. Yes. You nasty. That's yeah. what it is. You nasty and you and you're mean, right? And then you, know what I'm you have to be. Uh, you have to have people around you that love you enough to tell you about yourself. You know, sometimes people won't tell you. You know, that's justify. Oh, she just got a short temper. That's my life story. Oh, she just got a short temper. You know, she just got these triggers. Yes, I do have triggers, and that's a part of unresolved trauma. Also, sometimes you have these things that will trigger you before you realize you don't got triggered. And you right. say, oh, you know, but you know what? Even when it's resolved, there are things that might annoy you. Like um, for me, when people um, drink, like I don't like people drinking around me like a lot because a lot of people start to tell lies when they're drunk. And that yeah. reminds me of the, the million lies I've heard from my mom when she was drinking. So now I don't want to deal with you. Yeah. Period. Point. You know what I'm saying? So even when it's resolved sometime and you're okay with that and you can even hug that person and pray for that person, there might be things that people do that remind you of, of you know, that and you don't even want to be bothered with that. Period. Yeah. Point. You know, I don't want no remnants of that coming with me. So if you have to do all of that and act like that, then we're going to have to separate right now. You know, period. Right. Point. So it can be unresolved and resolved. Still have those little things. And that's why you have to constantly do Self work, yeah, and the work is and it's deliver like I call it deliverance because that's what it is for me, for my belief. But deliverance is a lifestyle, yeah. You know, what I mean? you don't just you don't just get healed from something and then you're okay. No, there are good mechanisms, good things that you can do to help you stay in that realm and in that space of deliverance and staying healed. You know, I know for, for myself talking about it. That, he, that keeps me healed and delivered. You know why? Because I, even when I'm talking about it, I can always like now check myself. Like, is there anything in my heart? Like when I talk about it, I try to make sure I don't feel nothing in my heart. Because if you feel something there, you ain't totally healed. Right. Well, you, you know, know that, that's, a, a, that's a, a tool of overcoming. And even the Bible says that, that, you know, you overcome by the words of your testimony. And I think right. that people don't talk about it enough because it make other people uncomfortable. But the truth of the matter is you have to work through this trauma. I know for a fact that relationships right now, people are, are having real problems with relationships. because There's a lot of broken people around here. It's a lot of people that have not dealt with their trauma in their childhood, in their marriages, you know, mm -hmm. even in their financial situation they've been through that type of thing is traumatizing and black people we go from trauma to trauma to trauma how many women you know have been raped now, right why women can say that 
because if they know somebody that's right, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe us. It's kind of almost like an everyday thing. Yeah, it's almost it's like we're like an everyday thing. Yeah, it's almost like we're sensitized to um certain things, and that's bad too. And that's that's that should even show you that we're not dealing with stuff when we can hear stuff when we be like, dang, instead of being like, oh my god, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes things should really yeah. shock your soul. Yes, it so should be a big deal. Yeah, like oh my god, I can't believe, but you be like, dang, not another one. Yes, it should yeah. be a big deal. It's, it's just like good. domestic violence. How many times have you seen people get beat? How many people get beat in your family? You know, right. and, and it's just a regular thing for us. And that's why it's so much trauma around us. Trauma has but, become normalized. It has become normalized, but I, I feel like it becomes normalized because we are not willing and strong enough to put a name on what things are, period, yeah. blank. You know what I'm saying? For that one time where your boyfriend might have, um, you know, mushed you so hard that your head hit the wall. And you're like, oh, he just mushed me. Girl, do yeah. you not know the beginning of domestic abuse? Yeah. You know what I'm like, we, 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 I think it happens so mu much in our, certain things happen so much in our culture that we downplay, you know, what it is or whatever. I know one time, um, last year, my, 18 year old so he was 17 yeah he's 17 he was on the phone with one of his um female friends from high school mm -hmm. and i walk in his room and he's like yeah girl he's like yeah you shouldn't be letting him do that to you or whatever and so i'm like what's going on so he put her on mute they were like facetime and he put her on mute and he was like yeah her boyfriend you know is beating her up or whatever and he's just kind of like talking to me as if it's not like a big deal and i'm like dude like that's a big deal. Like, oh my God, you know, like, is she okay? You know, like, is she okay? Like, is, has she told her parents? You know, I'm asking him all of these questions, and he's kind of like, well, he he ain't used to seeing that, so to him, it wasn't as big of a deal as it really should be. And so right. I'm up in there talking to him about that, and you know, making it a big deal. Like, that's not okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, do you see your dad around here knocking me around the head or, you know, any of that? No, you don't, because that's not supposed to be happening. And it certainly shouldn't be happening when she went to a high schooler. It shouldn't be happening regardless. Right. But it shouldn't be happening that young. You know, that just like that really broke my heart. I'm like, she she didn't want to tell her parents. I'm like, girl, no, you need to go and tell your parents. That this yeah. child is over here hitting you, you know, so we have got to start making a, a bigger deal about stuff. Yeah, I know I can be dramatic about it. I know my kids are like, oh, you're such a drama queen. Because no, it's not right. It shouldn't be happening. And but, you but should that's where that's where the drama need to be placed. We need right. to place the drama there. You know, I teach my boys that any any slight need to be addressed. Any slight. You don't right. make anything too small. It's never too small. You know, it's whatever being done in each home that's being seen, accepted by our children. Facts. I see what you're saying, Takesha. I agree with that. But, you know, sometimes it's I've always said this to my dad and I, I was never blamed him for my abusive relationships. But I mm -hmm. did tell him this. Every time you spanked me or gave me a whooping, you bought me a present afterwards. So you really was showing me something as a young girl. You were showing me right. that you could hurt me, but then make it all better with a present. Right, right. My first husband, I fell right into the trap. He would talk crazy to me and then come home with all the kind of gifts. And I would be excited. I would actually be looking for, oh, when the next time you're going to talk crazy? Because what I'm going to get that time? 
Right. It, it graduated from talking crazy to putting your hands on me. And that's when right. I was like, okay, that's too much. But mm-hmm. had I never experienced that, I don't think that would have been a thing. You know, I right. really don't. Also, the first time I got hit in the face was by my mother. You should never have done that. You don't hit nobody in their face. I can understand disciplining your children however you see fit. But hitting mm-hmm. in the face, especially a child, especially a girl, that's a no-no. You right. Know? So for my husband, when he slapped me, it wasn't nothing new. I was already mean. So I was like, oh, that's all you got? Oh, that's all you got? What mm-hmm. else you got? You know, and that was, I feel like, preparation. And I know that black people believe in whooping their kids. Me personally, I don't because I can discipline my children when I put my hands on them. But right. whatever you do, I think you people have to realize that sometimes being hit by the person that you love, especially the way you hit a child, sometimes that's traumatizing. Oh, it is. And the way we talk to them. I, yeah. sometimes I think the words are worse. Yeah. I think the words are worse and they're even more damning than, um, and I'm not minimizing being hit, but I'm just saying sometimes I think the words can be worse because of, like the little hit, it may, you know, heal up or whatever. And you're, but you, those words, like they start speaking that crap over you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Now yeah. it turns into a word curse. Cause yeah. now you, you start believing that mess. You start manifesting those behaviors and you start coming into agreement with that right. negative word that was spoke over your life by your own parent. I'm so happy that you brought that up because I think that that is the the thing that I have said in some of my trainings when I talk to women who I feel like a lot of times mothers create abusers because yes. you don't realize how you talking to your child is killing his yeah. spirit. Yeah. You yeah, it's belittling him and then he becomes an abuser. And demeaning and talking condescendingly to them and just talking down to them and, and calling them out their names and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is just so crazy to me. You know what I mean? And when I saw myself going down that path, that's when I said, girl, if these kids be messed up, it's going to be your fault. Yeah. Like, it's going to be your fault because of you and your mouth. You better get that mouth under control before you kill them and break them down. Like, even now talking to them, I, I even when I'm trying to correct them and stuff, I really think about what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it. And even in correction, I'll try to lead or I'll try to give the correction and then end with something great. Like, oh, right. well, hmm. Oh, wow. Maybe you could have used, you know, with my son, he likes to cook. Oh, you know, JJ, maybe you could have put a little garlic in here, you know, give it a little pizzazz. But this rosemary is tasting good, though. You know what I'm saying? So I, yeah. I try to be a little more creative and not give him give them correction, but also build them up at the same time or whatever. Because I know how I felt when, you know, my mom would say all types of stuff to me or use the B word. And stuff. Like even now to hear women call each other the B word, it drives me nuts. Like that was never one of even when I even when I was younger, that was never one of it was it was son or chick or I ain't gonna lie, it was N I G G A. It was that was yeah. you know what I mean. But I never the B word like some just hearing that something just does something to my soul. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when women call each other that like oh my really well, you know again we have we are the only people and I don't care what nobody say about other races and what they do. We're the only people who routinely demean ourselves and each other. You and think it's true? Yes. You know, it's I think it's true. Oh, I'm talking to my friend in love. Man, that's not love. 
Mm-mm. What you're speaking over your friend, you know what I'm saying? And if people, um, I don't think people realize the power of their words. Right. I don't think people realize the power of their words. And I think those, some, some for some who do, they think that the, the power is only working on the good side. Mm-mm. No, it works on both sides. It can't just Absolutely. work. It has to work both ways or whatever. So you're blessing and cursing at the same time when you think about it. You know what I'm saying? It was just going to be real about it. Yes, so, yeah, I know for a fact. I've, I really feel like God sat me down two years ago and really talked to me about words, about your, mm-hmm. your mouth yeah. and the power of your tongue. Yes. And what I learned from that whole experience is that you got to be careful what you say in negative and in positive. Yes. You also got to keep careful about the things you don't say when you know you need to say it. Because yeah. sometimes words unspoken is just as detrimental when you got the power to say it. Yes. I'm not say it. Open your mouth. That's what it's for. Yes. But you'll be so quick to open your mouth and say something negative. But when right. somebody could be supported, you could show love. You could show a good word. You keep your mouth shut. Right. And that's the problem as well. So yes, it is very powerful. We have to use it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to use it. So I want to ask you this because I, I know that there are a lot of people that may be watching or going to watch later that are dealing with unresolved trauma or know somebody who is. What are some things that you do? Like you said, it's a daily thing. What are some th- things that you do to work through um, trauma? First of all, first of all when I uh, first of all, I, I went to therapy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie about it. Yeah. In 2007, I went to therapy. Like mm-hmm. that was the initial like that was the initial, um, the beginning of me beginning to work through my crap and sort out my stuff and, and get on a, oh, that led me to my relationship with the Lord, going to therapy. Yeah. Because I wasn't, me and the Lord wasn't rocking like this in 07. You know what I'm saying? That didn't happen to like 09. <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I got rebaptized and gave my life back to Christ, but we wasn't rocking like that in 07. And that was because of me, not because of him, of course. But yeah, so my first thing is I went and got, I got help. Yeah. yeah, I went to my $25 copay on my husband's yeah. insurance and I went to a therapist. And I always say it was the grace of God because the therapist that I had, she didn't ever give me advice or anything. This woman would just ask me questions that really made me think about my actions and my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And as I would say, as I would answer her questions, I would be hearing the answer that came out my mouth, and I'd be like, "Oh, you might want to change that behavior." Right? Like, cool, <laughs> you know. So she never gave me like advice. She never told me what to do. She would just ask me like thinking questions, like, "Oh, well, how's that working out for you, Keisha?" And I'd be like, "Hmm, it's not," you know. Right. So. That's- <laughs> You know, it's it's not. I'm, that's why I'm here. But um, right. that was the first step was therapy. Mm-hmm. Then I, I began my relationship with the Lord. I got baptized and all that. And I was like, Lord, it's going to be, you know, me and you, you know, from here on out. So that was the next step for me. And then um, on my walk with God, he moved, ended up moving me here away from all of my family, all of the trauma. He, he Because I feel like you can't you cannot heal where you got sick. That's Ooh, how that's I right. That was my experience. Yeah. Healing there because they were all there. They were all around, you know, and they were just remind, constant reminders and just their voices and just, you know, so he moved me 900 and some odd miles away from that. Yes. So that was another thing. I started to have peace and clarity. 
You know what I'm saying? I could really begin to see things for what they were. And then um, some of the things that I do now to stay healed and deliver, um, I do arts and crafts. I listen to worship music. I work out. Um, I bake. I journal. I do a. Vo- I used to write, but now I do um, like a voice journal on my cell phone. Just trying to remember every day, just going throughout my day and, you know, leaving little notes to myself or being honest about how I feel in certain situations. That's another thing. Just being honest with yourself. Like today, I don't feel good, Lord. I'm pissed mm-hmm. off about XYZ. You know what I'm saying? Because there's no sense in hiding it from him. It ain't like he don't know you mad about it. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's right. really just for you to have the guts to come on and just tell him so he can help you fix it or whatever. Because you know you can't do it on your own. So, you know, just leaving my, leaving little voice recorders and going back and listening to myself, even from the year before, and listening to my growth and stuff. Like, that helps me to stay on the path and just helping others. Like mm-hmm. being a testimony, just helping others, walking with others on their path. Oh, that that really that feeds my soul. Like yeah. seriously, it really really feeds my soul. And to see others progress in their own healing and deliverance stage, like oh my gosh, I got to be a part of that. Like yay, you know, yeah. it, it brings me um, it, it brings me great joy. But yeah, but you have to figure out what works for you. And crying, I go through self deliverance. Um, I try to do that maybe once a week, you know, once every other week. Just going in my prayer closet, you know, with the Lord and just crying it out. Like crying for me really um is my is my number one number one way of getting delivered from something. It's being honest with God, getting in that closet and telling Him like, Lord, I'm pissed off because someone so you know because this is this happened, and just crying through that and then worship music like behind to kind of back it up. So yeah, yeah I have plenty of things. Just going outside sometime and just smelling the air and looking at the sky or whatever. Like, oh my God, Lord, I can't believe you did that. Being grateful. Right. Being grateful. You know, there were times in my life where I couldn't pay bills. You know what I'm saying? There were times where things got cut off or whatever, you know, and I wasn't in the financial state that I'm in now, which I'm not where I want to be, but I ain't where I was three years ago. I can tell you that much or whatever. So just being grateful and thankful and, and just always trying to remember where I could be and where I'm not. So all of those things help me to like really stay, you know, deliver just all of that and, and yeah. a, a, a whole list of more stuff. So. Well, you know, I, I can agree with all those things. For me, also, um, I have a, I call mine a Terry service. <laughs> like from back in the day when they used to tarry for the Holy Ghost. Right. Good old-fashioned Terry service. I will get in my shower or in my closet and just go in. And yes, go in. Mm-hmm. And it brings me more and more and more healing. Yeah, I, I would say like you, my first step was counseling. My first mm-hmm. step was to be honest with myself. Yes. And the thing is, I sought counseling at a very young age. The first time I sought counseling, I was in the fifth grade. Really? And I sought counseling from the school counselor and I sought counseling from the pastor at my church. Gotcha. Neither one of those individuals could help me because for one, they did not believe the things that I was going through, because from the outside looking in, my family looked fine. You know, my family looked like the perfect family from the outside looking in. So it looked like uh, this person just wants attention. Right. You know, so I don't really believe these things that she's saying. So I could not get the help when I was 12 years old. The older I got, I realized that I needed to find my own way. So that's when I started journaling. So I became my own counselor. Mm-hmm. I would write my feelings down. And then I will go read them later and try to figure out why did I feel that way? 
what made right. me feel that. And mm-hmm. so that, as I got older, I realized that's what the counselor was doing. Right. So I really believe that God gave me the insight to be able to do that for myself because right. I was in a position where I was a child and I could not seek help outside of what I had at my fingertips. You know, right. it wasn't like now you can't get on there. We didn't have Google. We didn't have, you know, the Internet. We didn't have any of that. So all I had was my school counselor in my church and mm-hmm. I didn't receive any help. But I thank God for a mind to want to help one help. Yeah. You know, and I had that at a very young age. But journaling helped me a lot. And I still do journaling, um, singing, writing music, writing songs, dancing, listening to music. But I think the point is, there's a lot of things you could do to get through. The point is to be intentional about getting here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's the point. The point is to recognize that you have been wounded. You've been traumatized. You've been injured. Now you have to be intentional about getting your healing. And there's nobody handing out. It's no healing sweepstakes out here. You right. have no. to get it. The work. Yeah. You know, you, you have to do the work. And it, there's that bit of... um discipline with yourself you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying challenge yourself like i don't care what happens today i don't care how this nobody looks at me or what they say i am not responding you know i even had to do things like that with myself challenge myself in that way and even when i um would fail the challenge i would put myself on punishment oh wow I, okay I, I, I know my husband's like that's the craziest thing but I, I even now when i do something that i know was flagrant that i should not have done i put myself on punishment i'll be like you know you can't have cupcakes for two weeks Oh yeah. wow! Cupcakes. <laughs> so yeah, I put myself on punishment and, and and hold myself accountable to that punishment. That's what I'm saying. People got to be real with themselves. Well, you know, the you gotta be your own best friend. I like yeah. what you said about checking in with yourself and yeah. what do you say, self deliverance. You got to love yourself enough to check on yourself to make sure you okay. Yeah, because you don't want to get you not things build up. You know what yeah. I'm saying. Now you're going backwards. Now yeah. you're trying to get in bondage. Now you're trying to get back and, and digging up old wounds and stuff. So no, as soon as that feeling, that thing hit me, like even a couple of weeks ago, I had a, a betrayal situation with my with a fan, with a family member who was supposed to be really, really close to me. And as soon as I um over the weekend, over that because I, I confronted her on that Monday, you know, after um t- talking to God about it. But over the weekend, I wasn't gonna say anything. But over the weekend, I could feel that thing welling up in my soul. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, no, because like this year had been so good. Like things had turned around so well and stuff was like really starting to work out. And I'm like, God, no, I don't want to block no blessings. I'm like, Lord, you got to help me to get this out of here because I could feel it, girl. I could feel that thing turning in, in the bottom, in the pit of my yeah. stomach. And that wasn't going anywhere. So immediately I was like, no, God, you got to help me with this. Like, what do I do? What do I do? And that's how that feeling. Yeah, he was like, no, confront the situation. So as soon as things start to come up, be honest with yourself. Allow yeah. yourself to feel what you're feeling. And I even cried. I cried that whole week. I didn't sleep that much that whole like I was so hurt. But I let myself go through it. I let myself cry. I let myself have a couple of sleepless nights. You know, I I didn't eat or whatever. And I recognized and acknowledged those things. I didn't try to pretend like I was okay. You know, even my right. husband really, he was like, dang girl. I was like off the whole week because that thing really it thing threw me for a loop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It threw me for a loop. But I allowed myself to go through that. And then by that Sunday, I was like. Boom, I'm ready for the next week. You know what yeah. I'm saying? 
a lot of people just sit up there and suppress it. They act like the betrayal or the stab in the back or, or the hurt or something never happened. No, allow yourself to feel it. You think you think God gave us emotions for nothing? <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right. So obviously, if He feels stuff, He wants us to feel it. You know, feel and go through it as well. He don't want you holding that in, bottling it in, acting like you know nothing happened. And then when ten more nothings happen, boom! Now you explode on everybody. Now you don't revert it back. You don't. No, anybody got time to be going back? I'm 41. No, I spent 40 years or whatever doing it wrong. I don't have time for. I might only have for another 40 or 45. I want to do that the best way that I can. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That is a a very good point you make because we are taught sometimes to suppress things because you know it's better to look happy. It's better to act happy. It's It's better better to be everything's okay. Save face. Yeah. At the end of the day, you hurt, you broken, and yeah. you devastated. You and there's nothing you know what you like. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. As, soon as, as soon as somebody tap you on the shoulder, boom, you're going down. You know what I'm yes. saying? As soon as somebody nudge you, man down or whatever, because you I'm okay. I'm okay. No, well, I'm not okay today. Yes, yes. Please call me in 24 hours. I'm not okay. <laughs> Right now, you know what I'm saying? It's not you, it's me. We good. Call me tomorrow. I'm going yes. through something. Allow yourself to go through it and you know, filter all of that stuff out. Do whatever that you have to do for you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Don't take on routines necessarily, but figure out what works for you. What and gardening. That's another thing. You know, God started showing me how to garden this year. I love it. I never knew I could garden. I'm like, oh my God. Kind <laughs> of grow her look, you know. So all of those things, you know, makeup, it's makeup for some people, you know, that's for me too, it's art, it's, it's yes. creativeness or whatever. So figure out what it is for you, but let those emotions flow How, and teach your kids the same thing. You know, I have yes. three sons. I don't want my son to be the men in 10 years who don't know how to open up to their woman. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so the only emotion they could show is rage. It's anger. Yeah, it's yeah. anger. No, that's no, that's not cool. No, if you upset about something, like even when we have family meetings, me and my husband, we're like, listen, y'all get to say whatever y'all want to say. It has to be respectful and no cursing or whatever. You know what I'm saying? DC right. order. But voice your opinion. I want yeah. you to have your opinion. You have a voice here. You're part of this family. You live in this house. Now, it may not go your way. Right. But you can, but you had the floor to say what you have to say. You know what right. I'm saying? Just teaching them, like, if you're upset, say if your brother pissed you off, say it at the meeting. Call, right. and we even allowed to call family meetings. Me and him are not the only ones. Anybody in this house can call a family meeting if they have an issue with anything going on. You know, that's yeah. what we teach them and stuff like that. Don't hold that in because I could see those things happen. And I'm like, no, baby, all that foolishness in my family is going to stop here. Right. When my grandkids are not going through their crap. No, no, no. The devil is a liar. I'm not going to have it. Others in the family can allow whatever they want to do on that side, but it ain't happening over here. Right. I, I too. Yeah. yeah. I was we determined do- to break the cycle. I was not going to allow that to continue down in my children. I just wasn't going to allow it. So it's like whatever I got to do, whatever I have to teach them, whatever I have to model myself, you know what I'm saying? After the Lord has broke me down and rebuilt yes. me up. If I have to do, say, and model, then that's just what I'm going to do. Even if it's me and my husband having a disagreement. Yeah, they see us have a disagreement, but they also see us resolve it, too. Right, they that's good. 
Yeah, they also see us come back and be like, you know what? My bad. I not have to. I not have to be all snappy with you like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Your yeah. friends five minutes or whatever. So they they see both sides because how can your kids learn how to um, make up with people and, re- and resolve situations if they're not seeing it at home? They can't. They can't learn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why you have so many grown people that don't know how to talk to each other in marriages or whatever because the parents didn't exhibit it and, and teach it. You can't just teach it. You know what I'm saying? Right. You, you have to be the example and then put the words to it. You have to do that. And it's not about perfection. It's just doing right. your best every day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, every every twenty four hours. Don't don't think about the week. Just get right. through that. You know, get One through day that time. Yeah, because what does the Bible say? Don't worry about tomorrow. It has enough cares or something of its own. I mean, no, my scripture. Yeah. I, I, I paraphrase, but yeah. So you know, get through that twenty four hours, and then when you get to midnight, you like, girl, yes, you did it. Pat yourself on the, give yourself a little bit of credit, and then start right. it all over again. You know, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's daily work. It is definitely daily work. And um, I just wanted to, before we wrap up our discussion, mention really briefly, I don't know if you're a fan, but I'm I'm kind of a fan of Tamar Braxton. And I think we've all at this point heard that she was found unresponsive. And uh, they are thinking that it was a suicide attempt. Right. I don't know if it was or not, but I can say this. Um, this is a classic example of looking like you're all right. Right. You know, this is a classic example of putting airs on and acting like everything is okay. And we have to stop making people feel like they got to live like this. But you know what, though? Truth be told, she never seemed all right to me because she always threw like little temper tantrum. I don't know if this is stuff I in myself or others around me, but um, she always seemed like she had to have a drink. So Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people. That's, that that self medicate, you know. That's what that's not no judgment, but it says self medication to me. She right. was all um, a temper tantrum, and then there were also scenes where she would want to say something, but her mom would shut her down. Yeah. So I maybe she was shut down as a child, and that's why she so woo, 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 you know what I'm saying as an adult or whatever. I, that's just my thought on it. I don't know, but that was just kind of like my thought on it as to why. And maybe she didn't get enough attention as a child, you know, because maybe when I think she's the youngest. So as she was growing up, I, Tony was kind of in her career mm-hmm. right at that time. So maybe a lot of the attention and stuff was on Tony and maybe she didn't get enough and, you know, or whatever. But she never really seemed okay to me because she just, I don't, She's a cool chick and everything, but I feel like she just did a little too much. And so she was doing that to hide and cover up other things that was going on. Well, you know, it's funny. It's funny that you say that because I was saying that today she never looked right to me. She always, yeah. but you know, it's just like anybody who's been on drugs, a person that's been traumatized can see trauma. Right. Can see trauma a mile away. And that's the reason why I wanted to bring it up. I wanted to speak on it because it fits with the topic of unresolved trauma. Right. I don't know if anybody saw any of the, the episodes where Iyanla was trying to help their family. Yes. She was the main one that did not want to talk about it. Right. And and you have to talk about this stuff. You have to get you have to resolve this stuff. But if you also notice her mother was very resistant as well. Yes. You know what yes. I'm saying? 
mom was very, and the mom is still very, I feel like the mom is very angry still with the dad about the cheating situation and stuff. Like she's, to me, she seemed like she was still holding some stuff. You know mm, what I'm saying? Probably. Yeah, you know, moms are the center. A lot of times, yeah. like, mother's not right in the house, ain't nobody in the house right. Like the whole right. house, when I'm not right, the, my whole house is off. Like the exactly. whole, yeah, you know what I'm saying? The whole, everybody's kind of like, ooh, mom's not doing so well today. So, you know, you might want to leave her alone. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I feel like mom was still holding some stuff. And maybe they all are still holding some stuff because they don't, I'm going to be honest, they don't seem like they really dig into their issues. Right. In my opinion, I don't know. They don't seem like they really want to dig deep down. It seemed like some of them wanted to, but then some of them were very reluctant to get to the root of that thing. And I know from well, experience, you don't get to the root, that it's, it's all for naught. You know what I'm saying? I can testify to the fact that it's not easy to do. It's not yeah, it's easy. Not- but it, it has to be done. Yeah. Only way to do healing and true true healing and deliverance. You have got to call a thing a thing. You've got to call a spade a spade. I don't care who it is or what it is. You gotta put that right name on it. You have yeah. to. Yeah, you have it has to. to be done. You don't all these fake little words like entanglement. Come on, man. Call call a thing what it call it. Call it what it is. That's the only right. way you real healing, real deliverance. That's the only way, you know what I'm saying? People get it's, it's the only way. You have to be honest about it. It's hard to do, but it has to be done. It has to yeah, be done. It definitely has to be done. And I think that when you look at women like like her and, you know, women that's in the public eye, sometimes they feel this pressure to be perfect. Right. But then that's trickling down to regular women. And then we have to realize and understand that we're human. Above all, we are human beings. And we back, like you said, we got to be able to say, I'm not okay. Yeah. I'm not okay. So, yeah. you know, I just wanted to mention her and hopefully that um, we'll hear some good news. I'm definitely praying yeah, I, for her. And Nick Cannon had a, a tweet, you know, he tweeted something like, y'all can have this plan and I'm out. And that, you know, that's concerning. I don't know if you if you saw the tweet or whatever, but he, yeah, he tweeted it like, I don't know, two o'clock in the morning um, last night. It was like, he's verbatim. Y'all can have this planet. I'm out. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, and you know, his situation with, Vi- was it Viacom that fired him? You know, all of that stuff. He wants the rights to his show and all of that stuff like that. So, you know, that's concerning as well. That is very concerning as well. But, you know, it's it, this, this very timely because we have all as black people experienced so much trauma and for everybody who saw george floyd get killed like that that was traumatic i don't care what nobody it's traumatic and we're dealing with so much from this year from people in your personal life that have died from kobe bryant somebody that a lot of us love Taylor, George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey, all these people that's getting killed on camera, that's traumatizing. It is. It is very, very traumatizing. I definitely um, agree. And um, I know a lot of people say, check on your family and your friends. And while I do agree with that wholeheartedly, I want to say that family and friends, y'all got to be one of, y'all have to be willing to be checked on. Right. Yeah. You have to be willing to be checked on. You have to be willing to be honest. And I'm not saying tell everybody your business. And I'm not saying tell, but try to use some kind of discernment 
and figure out who it is that you can say, look, I'm not doing well when that when someone comes to you. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times people lie and they're not honest. They're not honest. So they don't get that word of encouragement that they need or or that different mindset or, or how to look at something that they need because you're not even opening your mouth to be, you know, to receive or accept some accepting some help or assistance. Right. Or, you know what I'm saying? And and just yeah. pray. About it. No, all counselors um, aren't right. All coaches aren't right. But find somebody. Find somebody that you're comfortable with, someone that's going to be real with you and be honest with you, but someone who's also going to be there to walk with you through your journey. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Your healing, getting over what you need, but y'all have to be willing to be checked on, you know, at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of times black people say they don't want people in their business, but I've discovered something with social media. Yes, y'all do. Y'all do want people in your business. Yeah, <laughs> they put it all on there, and it, and, and yes. I see it all the time on my page, and I'm just like, oh my god, like why are you even giving your attention to that, sis? Like it's not gonna even, you know what I'm saying? It's not going. I don't care what nobody said, but you, girl, focus on your business, right? Focus on your healing, focus on yourself. If, if they talking, they going they talked about Jesus. They gonna keep on talking. They ain't never gonna stop talking about you. They're never yes. gonna stop talking. About me, so that's gonna, I'm gonna stop coloring my hair. The devil is a liar. It's not gonna happen until I'm clean bald. So God takes all, right. takes every strand. That's when I'm gonna stop. No, yes. I'm gonna talk about. If they want to see a show, give them the best dog on healed and delivered show that you can manufacture and produce. That's what I wanted. You understand what I'm saying? Give them the best show. Give them something that they wanted. Even it of uh, uh, uh they want to be, they want to not be you, but they want to, you know, do what you're doing and sometimes yeah. like, oh my God, how is she so healed? How is she so free? And so like, stop worrying about what they're saying and what they're doing. I see it all the time on my timeline. And sometimes I even, you know, I want to inbox people like, girl, why are you, why do you keep giving attention to that? You know what I'm saying? You're trying to be a business owner. You're trying to be a mom. You're trying to be a, a nonprofit owner. You're trying to do all of this stuff, but then you just keep on giving attention to the stuff that don't deserve your attention. Like I even had to stop yeah. doing it myself because it, it, it got to be non-productive. Like this ain't make this right. is not now it's to the point where how is this improving my life? With yes. anything and everybody, like period. Well, I don't care if you have the same DNA in me as me. Right. How are you impacting my life or my ministry or my business in a positive way? Right. And if you're not, I don't even have time for it no more. Like for right. what? People ain't got no heaven or hell to put you in. Like Absolutely. stop giving your, you know, stop giving your time and attention to it, sisters and brothers. Like for real, y'all and y'all do want people in y'all business because we only know y'all business because it's on our time. You put it out there exactly. Yeah, but I don't know if they really realize that's why i say you have got to analyze yourself even in facebook memories is a good reminder as some of the <laughs> yes. wow who is that chick <laughs> you know? yes like, oh, i'm so glad i'm not her no <laughs> thank you lord one of my memories came up from like 10 years ago and i don't know what i was on i had posted i got 99 problems but a nigga ain't one i said my god <laughs> you know, you know, growth is real. Me and my husband laugh about it all the time. We'd be like these doggone Facebook memories, though. But no, it's it's great though because it really shows you your growth. You be like, what in the world? What was yeah. I smoking 
on that day. Yes. Great green. You know, that must have been some the real for me to type this on Facebook. Like, oh my God, I'd be mortified today if I did that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I don't even think that way anymore. I'm not that person no more. I don't I don't even want to be that person. You know what I'm saying? It's different when you're doing that stuff and you want to be that way. I don't even want to be that way. I don't even want to think those thoughts, say those things. Like for who has time for it? Right, right. I don't anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's about kingdom business, business, you know, regular business, your family, yourself. Like put that energy and time into yourself, into your children, into what you really have that's going on that's going to be productive, not only for yourself, but for other people in the world because other people are watching you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whether we want to admit it or not, people are watching you. And again, it's never about perfection. I always try to remind people, it's never about perfection, but give it a good try. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like that's what God really wants from us. He knows we cannot be perfect. He knows we are not going to make the mark because we are right. not G. Let's just keep it right. above. You understand? But he wants at least a good try. Yes. Like, can you muster up a good try? You know what I'm saying? Can you just, you know, can you can you get yes. a good try the size of a mustard seed? Can you try right. me the size of a mustard seed? You know, you're trying your faith. You know, I think that's what he wants from us. Just show me that you're trying and I'll come in and put my super on your natural. But some people just not trying, Lisa. Yeah, that's true. true. But and I think because some people, like I said, um, expect things to fall out the sky. But faith without works is dead. And you can't get no plainer than dead. Dead is just dead. Nothing happening. So you have all the faith in the world. But if you don't give up and like you said, give it a good try, it ain't doing nothing. It ain't going nowhere. And the challenge you have to, if, if you have to start, I started off with little challenges. I'm t- literally like, okay, today's a new day, Keisha. You're not going to tell nobody, or I don't care what they say to you. I don't care what they do. I don't care how they cut you off. It doesn't matter. You're not going to say one negative thing out your mouth. Yeah. Like, and try for 24 hours, even with the post. Yeah, even with the posting. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to post if it's not uplifting, if it's not empowering, if it's not a, a little laugh or a joke, because I'm a clown. I didn't have much of a childhood, so as an adult, I, I, I take that kid thing a little too far at times. Uh, if it's not a joke for somebody, you know, a good joke, not nothing bad or ridiculous, but a joke or, you know, something with your business, or with, don't post it. Yes. Period, point blank. Well, you know, you know, I have started to allow myself to get off if anything is bothering my spirit. You see, I will keep scrolling. Oh, that bothered me, but I'm going to keep scrolling. Oh, that bothered me too, but I'm going to keep scrolling. Now, if my spirit get upset, I get off. I'm going to get all the way off. And right. Come back another time. Or learn another good uh, another good tip on Facebook, the unfollow button. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because some people, you be like, dang, I know this person in real life, but maybe they going through something these 60 days. So I'm just going to unfollow <laughs> because I'm, I'm of the mindset that you're not going to bring my timeline down. Mm, yeah. No, I have too many bosses. I have too many people on the timeline like doing things. Well, I, I say congratulations about 10,000 times a day I, and happy yeah. birthday. Oh my God. And you know, all this stuff. stuff. You're not going to bring my timeline down because I don't have that foolishness. I, I can choose who I be connected to. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. I, I get to choose who I'm connected to and what I see on my timeline. You know what I'm saying? This is a dictatorship. This is not a democracy. Right. So you have those people unfollow. 
Unfollow for a little while. Yeah, that's, that's all you need to do. I need to start doing that. Yeah, sure. just unfollow. I don't have to unfriend you because, hey, people do. They go through their little things, and I don't have control over keyboard killers. So I'm just right. going to unfollow you. You know what I'm saying? So you come back to the person that I know and met at the conference last year. I want to know her. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know what I'm saying? I want to know her again, you know, yeah. unless the woman tells me something different. But, you know, just my own self. I just hit unfollow. You're not yeah. going to bring my kids down. Yeah. You're not going to bring timeline down like when it starts to affect me and i had to put a post up like that a couple weeks ago like you know what i can with some of y'all i can't y'all double-minded one day you know what is oh praise the lord god's gonna do it romans 8 28 and then the next day is you killing folk you you about to bust somebody in the head no that's double-minded you have got to pick a lane boo yeah no you cannot go backward backward and forward at the same time it don't work like that Pick you a lane. It's like sometimes people think you're not watching. I, <laughs> I saw what you posted last week, and then this week you post something totally. I am watching. Like we are on here. Yeah, you know. Pick a lane. Pick a lane. If you want to be angry, then I know that you're angry, and you just need some healing and deliverance. But then you just kind of flipped on me, and then and you then you started talking about you walking with Jesus. I'm like, okay, well, which Jesus are you walking with? <laughs> All right, Jesus, you walking with Jesus Ruiz. <laughs> you must be with Jesus. Uh-huh. From Lami Shekinah. No, his name is not G. You know, you heard the So, you know what I'm saying? So, you got to Seriously, but near yeah, that unfollow button. I'm telling you. It'll save your life, sis. Use it, Lisa. I'm telling you. That. Well, yeah. you know, I thank you for this discussion. It's been really good, which I knew it would be. I'm going to switch gears a little bit and talk to you about some of your other business ventures that you you have going and, and tell people more about what you're doing in your businesses. And, your uh, and my husband. Oh, gosh. Okay. So Jay has his ball peanut business. I had no idea that people really love ball peanuts and eat them like that. I mean, personally, I think they're disgusting. It's a soggy peanut. Like that gets cooked for hours, but people, they love them. I, I don't know. They just, they love them. So he's, he's, um he's only been in business a month. So he's really, he's doing well. And I see that growing and I'm helping him like to create other products like the homemade peanut butter and other roasted oh, peanuts. Wow. Yeah. So I'm helping him to create those things and market that. And then with embellish, I'm, I'm a little bit on hold because I had started my embellish and sip experiences, but um oh, until... Yeah. It, you know, kind of dies down. The Lord had given me some other ideas and he was like, just chill until I, you know, give you the go ahead on that. So I'm kind of just doing the online thing with that. And more of my focus is on um, my nonprofit, Pink Love Houston. Um, my end goal with that, and I am actually have been working on and still working to open up um, a, a wellness and recovery center, Matthews Healing. Yes, it's going to be a city in a city. It's going to be a transitional, it's going to be transitional home, uh, residential, like all of that. And so God just gave me like this whole dope blueprint wow. on yeah, how to people to come there. I'm I'm going to be working so that it can be like a luxury wellness and recovery, like mental health, you know, center. Mm-hmm. But my goal is that regular people like yourself and myself will be able to go for it little or nothing or zero. Like I told, oh, I told wow. her, because I feel like that would have done me some good. If I could have just yeah. went away somewhere for a month. Yeah. 
or two months or whatever. Yeah. We, we, we don't have the money to go nowhere. You know, I worked at one here and it costs $12,000 a month for wow. the for, to be there. Who has $12,000 a month as a rent? You know what I'm saying? No. So I'm like, Lord, you know, even doing the street ministry, that would get my heart because there was nowhere to really refer these women to. And that would bug me to be out there knowing that they needed help. They needed resources. They needed services. You know, it's not just um, therapy. They need training. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? It's like a whole mental and emotional um, reworking that, you know, that people need or whatever. And not just them, just even regular people sometimes. Sometimes yeah. you just go through death or divorce and it just, you know, gets you out of your mind for a moment. But who has the time and the money to go and take the time that they need for recovery? Right. Well, you know what I'm saying? You take your car to the mechanic to get well. Well, sometimes you have to take your brain somewhere. Right. Your, your heart somewhere in order to get well. And so that was something that really weighed on me and it stopped me from doing street ministry because it got to be too heavy. I'm like, Lord, I'm coming out here, but I ain't got no nowhere to send these people. Like that was really, really helpful. Cause I feel like I'm not doing my job. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? Me getting out there, giving you a little baggie with some tissue and some little toiletries and praying for you, knowing that you need more than that. And I, and I can't give it to you. Like, that really, really bothered me. And so I said, God, we got to do something. And it has yeah. to be something. And I'm telling, I told him it has to be something where these people ain't got to pay nothing. Mm-hmm. Whatever you well, give me, they nothing. It's definitely doable. You know, we have, a, this is the country that we live in that spend millions of dollars on football stadiums and, you know, a foolishness in my eyes when you got people living on the street. So it's definitely doable. And really uh, because um, I am learning how to write grants mm-hmm. and I'm going to find grants and I'm going to build Matthew's healing. It's going to happen. Period. Point blank. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's done. It's not just it's doable. It's definitely needed. I mean, yeah. you sound like an empath like I am, a person that can really feel, you know, you know what's going on because you can feel it in your spirit. For me, that's what stopped me from going to certain churches. The people were so grieve stricken. And I was like, my God, how's the people in here hurting so bad? I can't take it. It was too overwhelming for me feeling their spirit. Yeah, that stops me from even walking in my neighborhood at times. Just like doing my laps. Because I'm just like, oh, all of them. In the neighborhood, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna work out in the garage because it yes. gets overwhelming, even though I know how to give it back to God. But just knowing, like, or even being in Walmart and feeling people, I it's that 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 profit gift that ser- you know, and seeing things, seeing like seeing literally seeing what people are going through. And I'm like, yes. Lord, why are you telling me this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, he has he has charged me with the task of caring for his people, right. So we, me and him have a covenant. And I told him, I said, on July 1st, 2020, I said, God, I said, if you take care of my children, I promise you I'll take care of yours. Right. Everyone, every single one you bring to me, I promise I will take care of them if you take care of mine. So that's our covenant. So um, for me, I have to do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Other, than, other than it's a vendetta because the, the, the enemy has touched one of my own in a mental health way. You know what I'm saying? And my son is trying to come back from that or whatever. But um, like the devil put his hand on my child. <laughs> so you know I can't let him get away with that. Right, right. I, no, 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 no. So this is personal for me. It has become very, very personal. Like this is this has got to be my life's work. 
Mm-hmm. To build Matthew's healing and to get this thing going for you know God's children and God people because the devil tried to take mine. Not only did he try to take me, but he gonna try to take my child, my, my oldest male seed. So no, it's personal now. So I have to do it. Like there's yeah. there's no if and buts about it. Like it's gonna get done. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna get done. And so I'm just committed to opening up this center. I'm committed to our people, and I'm not shunning anybody else away. But I know what my, I feel like I know what my people need. You know what I'm saying? God has given me the plan for it or whatever. So I'm committed to getting our people in there, getting them healed, whole, and delivered and set free so they can come out here and return the favor to somebody else and do kingdom work. Be an asset asset to everybody that you come in contact with. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's what I have that's my main focus right now is to learn these grants and stuff. I just wrote my first uh, budget and budget narrative. So I'm so happy about that. Yeah, <laughs> or awesome. yeah, I'm learning that or whatever. But yes, Matthew's Healing, a wellness and recovery center. Remember that name because it is going to be manifested and constructed. I guarantee you that. Well, we definitely want to be able to support you in any way because we know that it's, it's certainly needed. And I just will say that, you know, we, the, I, you know, I try not to get too spiritual because a lot of people can't really receive it, but I, I feel like I can do that with you. Yes. The spirit of Esther have been on me for years. And wow. Esther was the type of woman who had a burden for her people. And right. that's what you sound like. You sound like that spirit that I have to do it. It's something I that I have to do. And that's mm-hmm. what this has been for me, even with the show, the radio shows and stuff, because I know that uh, what you said about words, words are powerful. And yeah. if a person catch 30 seconds of something you said, if they catch 15 seconds, it could change their life. It could change their trajectory in life. That's yeah. why these things very seriously because that spirit is heavy. It's heavy in the earth right now, and mm-hmm. hopefully other women will, will heed that call because our people are struggling and our yes. people are dying. And there's yep. a whole bunch of esters out here. It's a yes. whole bunch of esters out here that need mm-hmm. to be hearing the spirit and need to be getting on their on their post. Yes, it's a lot to do. It's a lot. Yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. And God has mandated us to, you know, handle a certain part in the kingdom, you know. And so I just take it very, very seriously. Like when people try to play with, um, like I don't play when it comes to, I definitely don't play when it comes to God. That You yeah. get them wrong with that. But then when they start like trying to make jokes like about mental health and things of that nature, like you'll make an enemy out of me real quick. Like seriously, yeah. I don't play when it comes to that because God, I feel like God has, has he felt, a, he thought enough of me to clean me up in my own mess and then say, hey, I want you to go back out there and do this for, for my children. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. don't take it lightly. Right, you can't. No, and that's because it's on you. Yeah, it's, there's nothing definitely on you. And and one thing about trauma, I say this to my children and, and, I, and I say this to people that have experienced trauma and especially all black people, regardless of what you believe, we have hit the lottery because trauma and especially being black will give mm-hmm. you strength that other people do not have. That's right. But don't let your strength go to waste because we some strong people. We very yes. strong. And we are so creative. 
Oh my gosh, we are so creative, man. I people they're even even more creative than myself in certain realms, you know. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, some of the things that I see, and even some of like the crafting groups, and you know, even with food and the food groups, how they plate the food and even stuff that I don't even eat myself, but I'm like, that looks delicious. You know what I'm saying? Like that takes creativity. You know, the blessings, the blessings is in our burdens. Yes. And the sad part is when we try to neglect, we try not to acknowledge the burdens, but the burdens been on us. That's what a blessings is. So when you don't acknowledge that and don't resolve those things and just take it in stride, you can't really be a blessing. And that's the reason why I was so uh, excited to have you on the show. And because it's all over you, it's all over you. I mean, it's just all over you. Yeah, that's why I found my strength. It was in my darkest um, times of being here, you know, when God was really, when I was in that pit, like I tell people, I was in that pit for eight years. That's an experience I will never forget. And I ain't never going back. I ain't never going back, but it's something I will never, ever forget. But that was when I found out like how strong I was and, 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 you know, how, how like plot and how smart and creative and how much I was like the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I feel like sometimes I actually take on his emotions and I take on his thoughts and all of these kind of things. It's, sometimes for me, it's almost like he like takes me out of my body and puts me to the side and he starts working in there. And like that's yeah. some of the best parts of my day because I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I'm on the outside looking at me and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe she's saying this stuff. Like she's so smart, but it's not really her. You know what I'm saying? It's the Lord working through me. And I'm completely clear on that. But it's amazing. And I know he just wants to do that for everybody. Yeah. But yes. you let him, you know, you just let him just come inside and do that for you. You know, I'm just, I just try to get people to understand, like, healing and deliverance is there for you if you want it. All you have to do is just take it and grasp it. It's, it's yours. Like, he ain't holding that back from nobody. Nobody. He has, he has enough for everybody. But you know what? It, it is it is everybody's for the asking, but some of our people are deep in the wilderness. And that's why the lights and those of us that are being called, that we have to be the light to lead them out because sometimes it's so many barriers placed on you, you can't even see where you at. It's like being out in the wilderness, literally in the darkness. And, and those of us who have the light, have to be out able to go out into the wilderness and make that happen but you can't do it if you're worried about the wrong things and you have not resolved what they're going to say how they going to feel it don't matter what they say it don't matter how they feel if god told you to do something you just get up and go ahead and do it when he tells you you know what I'm saying? Even if you even if you have to look crazy or 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 stupid to some or dumb to something, if you know that the Lord told you to do it, then you move on that. And so I'm just so um passionate about us just stepping into our rightful stuff. Like God has so much. We are the original people. Absolutely. Okay. Now that should tell you a whole lot right there. Well, Everything you know, on this earth comes from us. And, and, and I wanted to go back to what you said about if God tell you to do something, because sometimes people think it's something like starting a ministry or starting a church. Sometimes it ain't none of that. Sometimes it's dying your hair blue because I need people to understand you can reach people that other people not going to reach because of the blue hair. 
Exactly. And, and what if you would have been worried about what folks gonna say? Or, you know, people not gonna receive me. That's not. That's beside the point. If that's right. what God needs you. Exactly. You know, I learned that years ago, and I tell the story all the time. I had gone out of church, gotten away from church because I was a, a church kid, a kid in church. When I turned 16, I got away from church. I said, I don't want nothing to do with church because it ain't nothing in there for me. I'm trying no, to be that where the men at. And this was a 16-year-old. I'm trying to where the right. men at. <laughs> of course, I said it a different way. Where the, where the ends at? Where the niggas at? <laughs> That's what I was saying. 16 years old. But I will never forget. Somebody convinced me to go to church. And I had on my mini skirt and my thigh-high boots. And I went on in church and it was a woman at the front of the church. And she looked amazing to me. She had long, pretty hair and she had on jewelry and she was flashy and glamorous. And had not that woman looked like that, I would have never got back in church. Because right. it was the way she looked that attracted me. I wanted to be that. And so right. I still wasn't ready for church, but I was ready right. to look like that. Right. And so God can use anything. Yes. That's why it's important to just be obedient. Mm -hmm. What I found is that he if he will use whatever he has to to get his kids. Yes, absolutely. He has to to get to get his back. He's going to do whatever he has to or use whoever he has to to go out there and get his get his children and get them on the right track. We have to be willing to accept the assignment and give him a real yes. Yes. Not that play play yes. A real yes, where you're like, I don't care if I die doing this. I'm going to do it regardless. And sometimes that is where you realize that your trauma is in the way. Yes. And that's the reason why this discussion was important, because sometimes you have to take a step back and resolve your trauma. You have to. He can't, he can't use you messed up now because he, he don't need you going out there re-traumatizing folk. That right. they got no trauma on their own. They don't need you to compound on their mess already with your crap because you didn't want to clean it up. So he can't use you like that. He's right. got to break you down and, and clean you up and put you back together all good again. You know what I'm saying? But you got to yeah. be willing to do that process. You know what I'm saying? You have to be willing to be vulnerable and open to him and go through the process. It is a process. I know it sounds so cliche because people was like, oh, go through the process. But it, it's honest. You know, you really have to go through that process. And be willing to take your rightful place when it's done. Now that's what that's right. where we where a lot of things is getting messed up because people are getting clean and they're going and keeping it clean to themselves in the house. That ain't why God cleans you up. Right, right. He cleans you up to show somebody else that it could be done. Right. It, and in your duty. way. In your way. Yes, it is your duty. You have. We have a duty to each other. Yes. To go out there and, and, and be that example of, yeah, I was taught from the floor, but look what God did. Right. Look at all this. You know what I'm saying? Look at all of this. Look what the master did, the master right. pot, the master clay. So look how he has molded the clay. So you, you have a duty to do that. You don't you don't get to sit up there and take his creation yourself and hide it away. He right. created you for, for his own enjoyment. You know what I'm saying? It's for him. You don't get to do that to him. You don't you don't belong to yourself. If you claim you follow and whatnot, you belong to him, then you do what he tells you to do. And right, so you absolutely. clean up and you go and help somebody else clean up. And you go and help somebody else 
cleanup. See, the devil has pissed me off so bad. I told him for every one that you try to take, I'm going in for seven. That's mm. what I'm. That's I tell I tell him that every day. Every day I let him know in that person. Well, what you said is every day, every for every right. one. You try to take me of that scripture that says, "Don't lose, don't use your liberty for an occasion to the flesh," which means mm. once God have freed you and delivered you. Now you go seek after the desires of your flesh. Now yeah. you ain't do nothing but getting back in bondage. Basically. Yes. So Basically. people who have resolved their trauma, it's not just for you to sit back and then now I'm going to enjoy my life. Yes, you can no. do that too. But to help other people to get through and to resolve their trauma. And that's the reason why this topic was so important and having you on was so important. And uh, I just want to thank you so much for this discussion. It has been so helpful. <laughs> and uh, I have enjoyed every minute of it. Anything thank else you, you want to tell uh, people before we go? Um, I would just really, again, want to repeat myself again, because I'm. this is just something people are just going to hear probably to the day I die. Y'all go get help. Yeah. Like, seriously, please. If, if you know you need it, Go pray about it, especially if you're, well, if you're not a Christian or whatever, I don't know what to tell you to do in, in that realm. But if you are, pray about it. Ask the Lord to lead you to the right counselor, therapist, psychiatrist. I'm not one for medicine, but I understand that people need it sometime yes. in, the, in the beginning to help get a handle on things. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I understand and I get that. So whatever it is, go seek your healing. You know, get yes. healed. Whole, get delivered, me, y'all, please, so y'all can help somebody else. Think about your children. If you don't do it for yourself, do it for your kids. Think, think about your grandchildren. Like that's what be on my mind. That's why I'm like, yeah. my grandchildren can't go through this. They can't go through being a black sheep and favoritism. And all. That's not right. And right. I will not. I will call a. I will call a family meeting with my kids. We gonna have a. We gonna have a powwow about this. It's not happening. Y'all have got to take that stance and change the legacy in your families, change the change the lineage. I, I just believe that's what God wants to do. He wants to start families over again because the, the ones before them have messed it up. Right. You know what I mean? They've messed it up. So y'all go get healed. Please go go get the help that you need. Go get healed, whole, and delivered and set free. I'm telling you, because there's freedom available for you and it is beautiful on the other side. I have to tell yeah. you. I can second that. I was just thinking the other day, I have been where I was before was not a state of wholeness. No. To be whole is like being born again. It is. It's like a rebirth. It's like life starts over when you have come from brokenness yes. to being whole. It is an experience. It is a feeling that cannot be rivaled by anything else. And, and you have to chase after that. You have to get that because you're cheating yourself. If you go through life broken, you don't have to be. If you think happiness is it, you are cheating yourself. Cause I'm here to tell you that it is joy, baby. Yeah. Okay. It's a joy. It is, it is something to have joy, even in the midst of something. You can still see the greatness of God in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through. A job loss, a pandemic, whatever. Okay? okay? That is joy. That is joy. That is everlasting. Okay? Happiness is temporal. It's temporary. You can be happy today, sad tomorrow. It's emotional. Right. Right. Joy 
No, you have joy even through death, through life, through separation. It is still a piece of, it's, it's still, you know what I'm saying? It's just something you still feel great, even though in spite of even all this is happening, I still feel wonderful. You right. know what I'm saying? You know, it, it's still a, it's still a great day to be alive. Every day above ground is a great day. That's what I tell yes, them all the time. Is. Every day above ground is a great day. I don't care how somber it is. It's still a great day. And I'm going to decree and declare that it's going to be a, a great day. And nobody's going to take that away from me. Nobody. Right. Absolutely. Well, again, I want to thank you so much. Please follow Keisha Nicole. If you're not already following her, she got plenty places on Instagram that you can follow, okay? <laughs> and I want you to follow all of them. I'm going to go and do the same thing. Embellished by Keisha Nicole, Colorful Keisha Nicole, Kingdom Recovery Coaching, and Pink Love Houston. If there's anything that I missed, Definitely let us know so that we can all follow you and support you. Once again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I really enjoyed you. I really enjoyed you. Great conversation. Kingdom conversation. I love it. I'm here. I'm always here for it. Definitely. So thank you so much for having me. Again, I'm so humbled. I'm so grateful and so appreciative that you thought enough that, you know, I had something to say. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you guys so much for watching. And yes. um, I don't know what else to say. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. And until then, we'll see you next week. Yes. Peace, people. Bye.